Welcome to the It Is Better To Know podcast. This is Anne. I'm Cecilia. And I'm Valerie. This is a podcast where we use our expertise as pharmacists to break down relevant health topics and make them easier for you to understand. Now let's get started. You got me curious. Hello, 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 and welcome back to episode 39 of It Is Better To Know podcast. Thank you all for tuning back in. My name is Anne, and joining me are my two loveliest co-hosts, Cecilia and Valerie. Hi, everyone. It's Cecilia. Welcome back to our podcast. Bonjourno. It's Valerie. <laughs> hello. So we heard you guys want to be a pharmacist, eh? <laughs> I'm yes, Canadian. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> Uh, anyways, we do have another great episode for you folks. So if you are thinking about pharmacy school, you're going to find this episode and the information that we provide today very helpful. Sure hope so. I mean, today we're going to be talking about pharmacy school. Breaking it down, I guess we could just summarize that into like education and cost. It's the two big categories that we'll be discussing today. That makes sense. And yeah, that is the big forefront on any program, really, right? Like, first of all, what's actually involved in this? How long is a program? And how much does it actually cost? And to make it interesting, we got some insider tips to help you achieve your goals and save money. You guys all know how adamant I am about saving money. Valerie, I think you're one of the most frugal people that I know. So yes, I, I, I really do know how adamant you feel about saving money. <laughs> no, but I you wish... know frugality is the key characteristic of health, of wealth. Oh, well, if you're wealthy, I guess you're also most likely healthy. Huh? <laughs> Freud and slip, and <laughs> Yeah, that is true. Well, because yeah, when you're wealthier, then you have the means to buy the different you know, fresh produce or different types of right? foods and or you like can have meats people that cook are more. For you, or yeah, yeah, yeah you're just your quality of life increases. Back to our topic, <laughs> um, what you need to get into pharmacy school, right? So a lot of people apply to, the, you know, universities or colleges right after high school. So you need to do some prerequisites, or that's um, otherwise known as like mandatory courses. But but not everyone has to come fresh out from high school, right? That's true. I mean. You know, like in terms of the professional programs, most people do take some years off. So, you know, as long as you get all those prerequisite courses, you can still apply as a mature student. I think in general, though, when you are fulfilling those prerequisites, generally speaking, a lot of the candidates that apply will start off with a science degree of some kind, or a lot of them will already have mostly science degrees already um, graduated from undergraduate science degrees. I there's think a so. few exceptions where, yeah, there's a few exceptions where they might have graduated with uh, another type of undergraduate degree that's not science. But the key is that you still need to fulfill those prerequisites. Uh, so you want to also make sure then that you check with the individual university websites to make sure that you are actually fulfilling the required courses. 
because some of them are actually very specific um, university courses. So if you are missing some, then you might not actually be able to apply. And then you've missed a whole year. Now what, right? So <gasps> more money sure wasted. Oh, Make sure you more check. money, more time. And as <laughs> one of my uh, really good friends says, time is money. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So do yourself a service and check the websites for the different types of universities that you might want to apply to for pharmacy to see what their prerequisites are. But in general, though, I would say that the universities, they all want similar things. So we're talking about things like general chemistry, organic chemistry, biology, English, calculus, statistics, physics, human anatomy or physiology, microbiology, biochemistry, genetics. But, you know, I don't even know why they include calculus and physics as prerequisite. I mean, most of the times we don't even need to do those calculations. There's like a calculator given to us and it's usually Most of the time, simple. and I've never used calculus or physics in my day-to-day work, but I don't know about you. <laughs> Can you imagine like okay, calculus? Fair. You're like, here, find the derivative of this like <laughs> integral. Or like physics. You know what? Some if super... a ball falls out of this fifth floor story window, <laughs> how long will it take to reach the ground? Yeah, I've never had yeah, to use those. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm really Thank trying God. to stretch it too. I'm think- thinking of like different scenarios where we'd actually need calculus mm-hmm. and physics, but I'm not sure. Like I'll have to sit down and actually really think about it. But I will tell you, there's actually a lot of successful people especially like the, you know, angel investors in like Silicon Valley that know uh, that have like um, uh, almost like a sixth sense of like knowing what's what people are going to need and anticipating what's going to be part of the future. And a lot of them say to study mathematics and calculus, actually. So there's probably a lot more use that you can find for like calculus in in the in In every applications that we're not. And you like we're all let's be honest, all three of us are in the rat race, right? So there's something that we're missing. So maybe the, these people are onto Still something when they're saying that you actually early. do need calculus and physics. Like, how long typically do you guys think it takes to complete those prerequisite course? I would think, uh, well, typically uh, used to be like one to two years, right? So but it just depends on uh, how long people want to take to finish them. So like for myself, I did a degree because I didn't know what I wanted to do um, when I was doing sciences. So I just did a sciences degree. So that took four years. But I know people in my class who took anywhere between like one to four years or they maybe had a degree and then worked in another field for that. But typically I would say like, yeah, anywhere between one to one to three years. Yeah, I guess, I mean, maybe the main thing that the that those admissions offices are looking for is that you are capable of handling like a five courses per semester right. um, for at least like two semesters just to make sure that you can actually handle the program once you get accepted into it. Now, I mean, there's when we went to school, there was uh, a few people that managed to get it done within one year. I mean, typically those people are like outliers. Um, they're super smart. Or super yeah, they're motivated. super smart. Right, Valerie? Definitely. Or they might have completed some international baccalaureate uh, courses back that in was high me. school. So. No, I'm talking about you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I no. mean, for listeners, I mean. I, I did not get Valerie? in after one year, though. I thought you did. No. Nope. I think she took two, right? I did. I did. Yeah. I took two years. Oh, yeah, which okay. is still very yeah, smart. I didn't, I didn't apply into pharmacy after the first year. I don't think I applied into anything in my first year. 
Yeah. So I just started applying after second year and um, yeah. fortunately I got in. Unfortunately. But, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, but then if you hadn't gotten in, we would never we'll have met. We'll next episode. <laughs> we'll see if pharmacy is right for you. Yeah. <laughs> I think Valerie will have something to say about this. <laughs> but but yeah. you're right, though. Like, definitely two to four years, I think, would probably be the average uh, number of years. So a lot of our uh, classmates did uh, complete an undergraduate degree to fulfill their prerequisites and figure out what they want to do. Or maybe they've applied a, at least like a couple of times or something like that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Like, do you do you guys recommend like doing those prerequisite at a college or a smaller university? I don't think it matters. I know some people who did their prerequisites at a college, and they actually really liked it because it's smaller class sizes, so it's more similar to high school in that sense. So you get more support mm. versus like for me, like I I found that going from high school where I was kind of like more in the top like. I would say top five percentage of um, students to going to like a big university class where you're like one student and 400 people. I found that really hard to adapt to and I didn't really like get a good sense of how to study. So I think, um, you know, if you if you think that you would benefit from more support or just having a better like a closer relationship with your uh, professors or even like having more support in terms of like getting to know your classmates better, then I think it would be beneficial to do it at a college. And but do you find the grades are marked differently based on whether it's a you know a bigger classroom or a smaller classroom? Like you know how bigger university, right? So we tend to get like um, overachievers, and then pretty much nowadays everything is marked on a curve. And so if you're gonna be putting yourself in a four hundred cl- um, size classroom, your you know normally maybe your aides might be an A in like a at a college, for example, out of 50 students. But now because you're competing with people who want to go to like medicines and dentistry, now your AIDS is, if it's marking on a curve, you're going to get a B instead. And that's all the university admission care about is whether you get an A or B. So it's kind of put you as a disadvantage if everyone in your class, you know, they, you know, they all want to do great things and they all study so hard. You can only have so many A's to hand out, right? Mm-hmm. So now it become like a B. That's true. So it might be beneficial to go to like a college, right? For example, 85%, then that's automatically Mm -hmm. an A versus 85% in the class average being 95 and you only get a B. So So I think in retrospect, I would probably have preferred to go to a smaller college and um, actually benefited from from, uh, having that closer relationship with the professors and getting to know the other classmates. When you're applying, do you think that uh, universities do take into consideration whether you did it at a smaller a uh, smaller college versus a university? Or do you think they no, just kind of look think at so. the A's? Yeah, I agree. I don't think they care about that. It's all about like GPA, right? Yeah, it's all about GPA and it's also cheaper too. So, Is it? Okay, yeah. At the colleges. Yeah, so I mean, you yeah. know, so take that into consideration when you decide where you want to go do your prerequisites. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I would say. Yeah. yeah, look into all your options. Don't be mm-hmm. like, don't uh, be attracted by universities just because of the name, because that might not, not the be prestige. the best environment for you. I think the important thing is, though, as you guys were mentioning about the GPA, is that wherever you go, just focus on getting those good grades and completing those prerequisites. 
And sure. uh, your GPA, it is calculated based on the average of those prerequisite scores. So that's why you want to uh, have laser focus when you're actually doing uh, the fulfillment piece of your prerequisites to try to get the highest GPA that you can. I agree with that. And make sure you study hard because some universities, you might get away with like a B minus, but a lot of universities actually require a minimum overall university average of 75%. So that's about like a B to a B plus GPA just to stay competitive. Yes. And the U of A, it's, um, on their website, it states that students who present an overall GPA of lower than 3.1, they will not be considered for admission. So, you know, a 3.1 is roughly about a 70%. So, you know, trying to aim for, you know, like Cecilia mentioned, at least about 75% just to make yourself more competitive um, when you apply to the pharmacy program. And they actually, the U of A website actually says that for um, competitive admission, Alberta students actually should have like an overall GPA of 3.5 or higher. Or if you're from out of province, they actually recommend a GPA of 3.7 or higher. So as you can see from those numbers, it's pretty competitive to apply into pharmacy. So obviously, the higher mark you can aim for, the better your chances. You know, if you get good GPA, you potentially could get invited to the interview process and most likely um, be like 60% of based on what your academic performance is, 40% um, is from the interviews. Programs, actually, like professional programs are putting more merit on the interview these days because they want to make sure that the students that they uh, take in actually have social skills and are able to communicate with, with patients, especially for healthcare um, professionals. But uh, just keep in mind that like even to get an interview, you have to have good grades in order to secure that interview to show them your great personality traits. So again, focus on getting those good marks. Yeah, you pretty much said everything that I would have uh, commented on. So yeah, focus on your GPA so that you have a good chance of getting into one of the 10 schools of pharmacy in Canada. And if you want to learn more about those um pharmacy programs. Uh, there's a website that's established by CAPSI, C-A-P-S-I. Um, so they have a, the, the, the website will kind of break down the admission requirements by university. And then they also answer some FAQs about the program. Do you guys want to list them off, the 10 universities? Yeah, sure. So there's, uh, like you guys said, there's 10 schools of pharmacy in Canada, and I'll just go over each of them. So there's Dalhousie University, and they accept 92 students every year. There's the Memorial University of Newfoundland, and they have 40 seats for pharmacy students. And uh, the one that we all went to, University of Alberta, they have 130 spots for pharmacy students every year. There's UBC, so the University of British Columbia, and they accept 224 students every year. There's the University of Manitoba, and they have approximately 55 students every year. There's the University of Saskatchewan. They have 90 spots every year. The University of Toronto, and again, that is one of the more um, more the one of the universities that accept more students, so they have 240 spots. And then finally, um, University of Waterloo, which is uh, has a mission for 120 students every year. There are two universities that actually offer pharmacy programs in French. 
So obviously you have to speak French to get in. So that's the University de Montreal, which has 200 spots, and the University Laval, which is a has capacity for 192 pharmacy students. So that's that's the um, schools in pharmacy in Canada in a nutshell. Well, so try I'm... saying that in French. <laughs> yeah. Parlez-vous français? français. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh gosh. So, I mean, that comes to be about, uh, just based on the numbers, is about 991 pharmacists a year in the um, eight universities that most people would probably be looking at. And unless you can speak French, um, you'd be looking at about 392 um, spots that's available um, for you if you are interested in applying to that um, universities there. Now, The good news I just uh, recently read into is that UBC and U of T, um, both of this university used to require you to take a, a standardized test called the PCAT, which is the Pharmacy College Admission Test. And they recently um, announced that they is the PCAT is now no longer a part of the application process, and you no longer need to do that for the um, for the admission. However, if you, you know, if you prefer to explore other options like going to the States, then definitely you still need to take the PCAT um, to apply to the States. It's actually my first time hearing about the PCAT. I had no idea that that was actually a thing for oh, UBC really? and U of T. I've heard but of what it a relief. before. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. But it must be expensive, right? So I guess that is, a, and also a lot of studying because I imagine Extra it's similar study. to the MCAT. So that's really good yeah. news. One, yeah, less, one exam. less exam. That's right. Mm-hmm. But going back to what Anne was saying, like uh, with the number of spots, so that's like over uh, 1,300 pharmacists a year. Wow. But I guess uh, stay tuned for our next episode to see if, um, <laughs> you know, are, are, is everyone able to find a job? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyways, but uh, talking about the pharmacy school application, you can actually apply as early as October for the following school year by filling out the application form. And most of the time it is um, just online. So pretty easy to fill out these days. Yeah. And so in addition to the application form, you also uh, most likely have to kind of get some sort of letter. So whether it's a letter of intent where you're writing on behalf of yourself or a letter of recommendations by your professors or pharmacists, etc. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, having the high GPA, having that application form, getting those letters of intent or letters of recommendation in. But don't forget the interview. So Anne did mention about an interview that's needed uh, for most of these uh, 10 universities across Canada, actually, for pharmacy school. They have something called the multiple mini interviews, too. So um I guess, you know, maybe part of it is to confirm that you have the a certain level of English proficiency. Um, Some of them might ask you about your intentions or to questions that kind of field why you want to enter into pharmacy. So if you say that you want it for the money or if you want it for the free drugs, do you think they'll probably kick you out? I'd say to our (laughs) listeners, probably not a good idea to mention that in the interview. Mm. (laughs) I mean, honesty is always um, appreciated, but... Like, this is a time that you had to break about your accomplishment. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. So, any well, I'm not so that you sure got? how. Sorry? 
any awards that you got, talk about those. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what kind of it depends on what kind of interview questions that they ask, right? Because I'm not actually too sure if they would actually say like, name all of your accolades and <laughs> rewards and all of this stuff. I'm not so sure. But if you do have that opportunity to do so, now's the time to shine have to be a little bit of uh, promoting yourself in a good light. Uh, and that's true. They, and how how you contribute to society, right to, to show the faculty, um, the committee members that you will continue to to do that and to serve your community as a pharmacist. What about uh, I know a lot of uh, professional programs are also switching to multiple mini interviews, so MMIs. So that's when you go, you like you have a number of stations, and then at each station you get uh, a couple minutes to kind of read the prompt that's outside the door. Uh, so it could be anything. It could be like a question, like an ethical mm -hmm. scenario, or it could be like um, uh, a lead to some sort of scenario, and then you go into the room, and either they'll have actors who are acting on a scenario, and then you kind of have to join in, or um, they'll have just kind of like an open space for you to to talk about um, the your answer to to some sort of question to someone who's grading you. So um, I guess in those cases, it wouldn't be really like um, bragging about yourself or, or talking about your accolades, for example, but it'll be showing how you're able to like think on your feet and your critical thinking skills and uh, what you would do in certain situations. So I think that's probably like a better indicator of what kind of um, what kind of characteristics they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, like your natural disposition, your natural exactly. personality, like who are you as a person? Would you be able to, uh, do you have the qualities of a healthcare professional, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what the those um, multiple mini interviews help to discern or distinguish a little bit better for the selection uh, or the committee members who select who, who weigh in on who gets to enter the program. Good yeah, point. For sure. But I guess at the end of it all, if you don't have those qualities, just fake it till you make it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but anyway, um, I mean, the thing about it is that um, based on what I'm looking at all the university here, the U of A seems to require like the least amount of tests and interviews. But um, I guess it looks like if you have a really great GPA, consider looking to the U of A if you find that um, that is your key quality is, you know, a 4.0 GPA, for example, but you don't really have a, you know, the, the personality um, to to make it for those interviews, then maybe consider the U of A. Anna, are you saying yeah, something I'm... about our, the quality of our classmates? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm I'm chuckling in the background too because the way that you phrase it is it kind of yeah. makes it sound like all our Alberta pharmacists would be, you know, Only all socially awkward, yeah. right? And that is not the case here. Yeah, it is not the case. Just, no, just <laughs> listen to us three. We have shining personalities, right? <laughs> okay, that sounds great. Cool. So we are perfect. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah. Anyways, well, but would I think, you recommend going to the U of A? I think so. Like, did you enjoy it? I think our actually like our pharmacy program is probably uh, well. I don't know about our pharmacy program in particular, but I know pharmacist practice in Alberta is uh, very highly regarded because we have one of the most uh, expanded scope of practices mm -hmm. in in the country. Mm -hmm. So I know even for that, we attract a lot of like out of province people who want to come here um, to do pharmacy school and do pharmacy. So yeah, and I, I actually you know quite like. Um, 
Edmonton. Um, I might be biased because I grew up here, but uh, yeah, I think it's quite a nice city. You know, it's like got uh, uh, all the amenities of a big city, and it has, um, but it has like a small town feel. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we don't always have the best weather. Like for example, today I'm looking out the window, and right now we have sunshine, but a few. Um, like about half an hour ago, I thought it was gonna storm. So uh, it's quite the quite the change. It's, we've got kind of a bipolar weather system. But here, you forgot but to mention, though, there is sunshine outside, but it's kind of hidden or occluded by a thick cloud of smoke. And when I say smoke, I'm talking about the smoke from wildfires. <laughs> Yes, so we do. This have has been that. a theme for the past couple of weeks here. So uh, we were kind of flanked on all sides here from BC to Saskatchewan, Alberta sitting right in the middle, and ourselves. We got smoke coming in from everywhere, even our even in our own backyard. So but uh, that's unfortunate. You know, I think it's still worth it though. Like Alberta has a lot to to offer, as Cecilia said from our program itself. We're in Edmonton in terms of the University of Alberta. Uh, Calgary, unfortunately, doesn't have a uh, um, a faculty of pharmacy, and they're the other uh, big city in in Alberta. But uh, again, like there's there's lots of perks for for being in Alberta, and it's I guess if you want to look at the silver lining, and you're not a major fan of our minus forties occasionally in the <laughs> winter time, and our six months of winter. It's just going to be for four years, and you can go back home or practice wherever you want. Yes, wherever. right. It's just four years. We can. Well, uh, the cost of living in Alberta is actually quite uh, quite good compared to elsewhere. So, if you did want to, you know, settle down in Alberta, which I have seen some people do, uh, it's probably easier to buy a house and afford it here. So, yeah, that's another. And me oh, yeah, it's definitely more affordable right? for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we have everything that we need here. Like for me personally, I'm, I think I'm fairly low maintenance. I'm not so sure, but um, all I need is internet and, you know, and my Asian grocery markets and ah, okay. I'm good. <laughs> so I, I just know. recently moved to Ontario and they don't have any Ikea Superstore TNT or gas at Costco. They don't oh, have gas at Costco? No. Oh my gosh. It's the only Costco really? that does not have a gas station. None of them have it? Isn't no, just the one where I live. Oh, Isn't that terrible? That is hmm. I just what? want to move back to Alberta now. <laughs> you should. <laughs> After all that talk. Right? Yeah. Well, for our listeners, that's why Anne was busy uh, and previously couldn't record the previous episodes because she was in the middle of moving. But She'll talk more about that in future episodes. Stay tuned. Yes, for sure. Congratulations. Congratulations on getting into pharmacy. Oh, congratulations, you guys. (laughs) It's a huge, it is huge. Yeah, you guys yourself, okay? Like pat yourself on the back here. Yeah, I'm proud of myself. I was proud when I got that huge (laughs) package and acceptance letter in the mail. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that certainly felt great to. Uh, I'm not 
going to finish that sentence. <laughs> you know what I was going to say? I'm not going to finish it. No, um, I didn't. What did you What, what were you going to say? No, because <laughs> Cecilia said I was really happy when I got that big package. Oh, that's <laughs> what she said. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm not. I set, a period of time. I set myself at, up for that. At the workplace, <laughs> they told us specifically, do not use the word package when talking to your patients. You use the word parcels or something else. Oh, really? Else. Don't use the word oh. package. Yes. So oh my that's gosh. why. Oh, well, I said package. I'm sorry. I see. That's a, no, no. That visual. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Guys, like this is 21st century. We got to be open-minded here. Yeah. Like, it's a part of, part of life, whether you see them in real life or not. So it's fine. Anyhow. So <laughs> but ladies, it was a, a big parcel. <laughs> I remember thinking that because I remember looking into my inbox and I was like, I must have been accepted because I don't think they would send me this large A document if I got rejected, right? <laughs> I don't remember seeing no large parcel. I thought it yeah, was just a tiny call. envelope. Oh, really? Like I a regular size one. Oh. oh, maybe they changed after you got in. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. I did, yeah, uh, maybe. I did get in after you guys. Hmm. Well, after you guys found out the good news, um, what happens next, you ask? So usually the universities, the faculties of pharmacies will ask you to provide documentation that your immunizations are up to date. And if they're not, then you got to get them up to date. Right. I so remember having work. to go. Yeah, it is. Right. I remember having to book an appointment with the with the uh, immunization the clinic. clinic. Oh, yeah. 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 Going back and forth for TB tests. TB tests. That that's right. The skin yeah. tests. Yeah, yeah, but it's necessary because you know you're about to be a healthcare professional. You're going to see real life patients uh, down the road in your program, so really important that you don't pass on <laughs> um, um, communicable diseases to to your patients. So this is kind of a good um, good opportunity to pro- to start off with protecting the public. That's right. And do you, do you guys find it interesting that the U of Waterloo, the term actually starts in January, while the rest of the program starts in September or end of August? Interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I wouldn't mind starting in January, actually. I, I, I guess I'm not really too particular, as long as they don't start it like at Christmas or at like middle of summer. <laughs> at Christmas, <laughs> on Christmas Day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Bye. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Anyways. Christmas feast. Yeah, and... So we all went to the same university, uh, the three of us. So the good news is, I'm not sure about uh, at other universities, but I'm pretty sure that it's similar. But there was a lot of lunch and learns available and a lot of free lunches too. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Yes, especially the first few months, right? But wasn't it kind of like similar lunches? It would always be like Subway sandwiches or like pizza. But who cares? It's free food. Hey, it's free. (laughs) Just go. Just Just take what they give you. Yeah, you're a starving student on student loans. Just take it. I have a, like, you know what? And that's the thing too, right? Because some of us were living here on campus or, you know, wherever in Edmonton, we're from out of town. And I remember uh, working for one of my bosses, one of my pharmacist bosses. She said that back in the day when she was um, a pharmacy student, she was paying rent and finances are so tight as a student who doesn't really work, right? Or even if you're working part-time, you're not making very much back then. Even if you're working as a pharmacy student, you get paid like nothing. So I know. So she said (laughs) that sometimes her dinners were just like an onion. And I was like, oh, well, why would you even eat an onion? I don't know. She probably cooks it, right? So it's not so pungent. But yeah, oh, or thought- or like or like one potato. Oh, that's so yeah, sad. Yeah, so not even itchy ban. 
Oh. I don't know. Well, I've... I'm sure a potato onion. or an onion is still healthier than itchy bad, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, mm. gosh. But what do you think about the female and male ratio? Like, do you find that they accept the same amount of women as men in terms of pharmacy? I don't know if they accept the same. I would think that they don't really bias based on gender, but That's there's right. definitely more females than males in pharmacy. Uh, especially, yeah, like I, I think, um, especially you, you start to notice it in the work in the workforce as well. Like, there's definitely more females. Do you guys know why that is? No, but I do. You know, I do notice that it's like definitely female dominated. It is. Um, yeah, maybe it's not like that challenging for for men, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, well, there is that broad impression that pharmacy is attractive to women in general because it offers work life balance, right? And so that's um, a it pays the that, bills pretty yeah, well. Yeah, that's a reason that I think a lot of um, like people that I've talked to, especially like older females who have families now, um, oh, yeah. that's why they chose pharmacy in the first place because it offers that flexibility. Like you can work part time, or you can work like. Uh, night shifts, for example. So then um, during the day, you can take care of your children and kind of balance that with your spouse. More um, flexibility. So, mm-hmm, for sure. And I don't and- think it used to always be that way in terms of this um, this ratio of more men, more women than men. Because mm-hmm. I think that when I was looking through the hallways of our pharmacy faculty where they displayed the classroom, the classes from the 40s till now, like back then it was actually mostly men. And interesting, yeah, and I think that was also maybe because of like uh, I don't know, maybe culture culturally there were more men in general that go to universities compared to women back then. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that's part of it, but yeah, definitely as the decades went on, it's like a, a growing trend, and like I think the proportion just like proportion of females just sort of naturally um, overshot the, like the men. Sixty, seventies. I would say women, so. Hey, I would yeah. say yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Overall, though, uh, pharmacy school. If we wanted to talk about the duration, like we had briefly mentioned before, it's a four-year program for the most part. So most of the time, it's about three years of uh, classroom work that's really hardcore. So make sure you study hard and pay attention in class. And then your fourth year is mostly rotations. So that's like clinical clerkship or electives. So uh, again, just want to plug the CAPSI website so you can check that out and check out the FAQ section. So it breaks down the timelines of your rotation schedule in case you're curious. Yeah, so if your next question now should be, you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, how much is this going to cost me? What can I say? Pharmacy program used to be so much cheaper back in the days, don't you think? Like, have you guys seen the mandatory fees and tuition costs nowadays? Ooh, how much? Yeah, that's true. And and back in my day, indeed, back in my day. You're not that old, in, Valerie. <laughs> I know, but it would be the same as for Anne and I. Yeah. When we graduated, we actually came out with a Bachelor of Pharmacy degree. So the tuition is actually much different than what it is now, which we'll get into right now. Was it like 7K? <laughs> Did oh, we get 7K that, No, I don't even think it was Six, even that much. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It was so cheap. Definitely. Oh, mine was more expensive. So I graduated like three years after you guys and ours was more expensive because do you remember there was a lot of uh, drama about this market modifier? Yes, and I, I was remember part reading of that. about that. Yeah, oh, you got, cro- oh, you got, no. you got I, caught. It started in, in 2000. 
It started in 2011. That's when I started in pharmacy. <laughs> I have such what a, did you pay? I have such bad luck. So my for the first two years it was about like eight to nine thousand, and then in third year is over 10,000 for the whole year. Oh, wow. I know. So for people who don't know, the mar- market modifier was this like additional fee that was added to a tuition for students and professional faculties. So like pharmacy or medicine or law. So yeah, so like I, almost double. I know it's quite expensive. Let's not talk about this. <laughs> well, I guess you could say that's kind of in the past now in the sense that um, the debt has been paid. <laughs> How do you know that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I would hope you're dead. Why, why do you paid. think I signed up for OT, Valerie? <laughs> just kidding. It, it is paid, and that was probably one of the best feelings. <laughs> to yeah, pay off the definitely debt. when you pay off your debt. Mm-hmm. What a relief. But yeah, so like Valerie mentioned, when she graduated and when I graduated too, we came up with a Bachelor of Pharmacy degree. But now all good graduates are entering into the PharmD program. So that's still a four-year undergraduate professional program, but instead of graduating with a BSc in pharmacy or, um, you know, a bachelor of pharmacy degree, um, people will now graduate with a doctor of pharmacy degree. I wouldn't mind being called a doctor. Right. Yes, you do have the title of a doctor officially with a yes. doctor oh, of pharmacy. Oh, extra tuition cost, hey? Is it worth it? How is much it is it? it? <laughs> well, did you see the U of A? Like they just recently published that um, their PharmD tuition is going to go from eleven thousand to almost eighteen thousand a year. <gasps> wow! Whoa! At, in the fall of the two thousand twenty-two, isn't that? That's like that's, that's like that's whoa, like the that's difference like right now. The difference in that is like the amount of tuition that you guys paid per year. So that's really sad. Yeah. Uh, we don't mm. want to have any hate mail. Hate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Good back then. <laughs> yes. The faculty is uh, is great. <laughs> Jeez, that's like so, oh man, that's like, I guess you'll just have to accept it at face value now, though, right? Just kind of, if you're entering into this program, it is what it is. It's yeah. True. You have no other way. For sure. You can't buy a doctor of pharmacy degree off the black market. So you just got to suck it up and pay it. But if you're a parent and you're listening to this, uh, make sure you start saving for your kids' college tuition because not going to be cheap. <sighs> yes. But yeah. though, um, this, so this doctor of pharmacy degree, there are, I think there are reasons for why it is more expensive. It, they kind of justify the cost because there's a lot more clinical uh, rotation component that goes into the PharmD compared with a farm with a B, with a bachelor of science in, in pharmacy. That's right. Yeah. And I just wanted to talk about because I do have a PharmD as well as a Bachelor uh, of Science in Pharmacy. So there's a little um, of a differentiation. So there is the entry level um, uh, PharmD. So that's when people uh, are just going to the pharmacy program and then they do the four years of pharmacy school and then they graduate with a PharmD. Um, and then there's also the post-professional PharmD program. So that's for um, people our pharmacy students have graduated from pharmacy and are already pharmacists. And this is an after degree program. And uh, so essentially like um, they would get uh, both, like they would have their bachelor of science in pharmacy and then also get additional PharmD program. So that's for people who just want to like advance their practice and get more, um, more school and more clinical skills. So there's a little bit of so a technically you like a doctor too, Cecilia. Yeah. Yes. But nobody, Dr. Uh, please, Cecilia. Don't, please don't call me that. <laughs> Has a nice ring to it, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I would just like stand my doctor everywhere. 
Would you? Why? <laughs> Can I get a credit card with my DR? If you want. Wait, is it DR? If you want, I guess. That is kind of strange. Is, yes. yeah. Doctorate. Yeah, well, no. first you have to apply to the program <laughs> and then complete it. So, <laughs> uh, guys, they'll but be like, yeah, kind of which. But can you imagine being an international student? Like the tuition is, is oh my god, it's not cheap. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I feel like uh, if you're an international student, really, you you should. Uh, Stick with uh, Valerie's friend and uh, eat that onion for dinner because I don't think you have much money left over. It's really steep. So, uh, very steep. Mm-hmm. But if you want to save money, I mean, looking at the charge here, the Memorial University, I think, is still one of the cheapest um, of the eight universities in English in Canada. But mm-hmm. uh, remember, that one only has 40 seats available, so it's probably really hard to get into, right? So, And if you're coming from out of province, it's probably very competitive and unlikely that you'll get accepted. Yeah, so yeah. as talking about this uh, annual Canadian PharmD program tuition and mandatory fees, just looking at the 2020 year 2020-2021 charts. So that's where she's getting that information from. So usually speaking, like for a reputable university, um, which would be pretty much all the major universities that we talked about already, like a lot of these prices um, for for a pharmacy program, like the tuition seems like it could be as high as 25k a year, right? So uh, yeah, Dalhousie is right up there, like at the highest in, in Canada would be around um, $22,000. So that's, oh, yike. that is the highest. Uh, yeah. But it's, I mean, but it's still cheaper compared to the U.S. That's oh, for yeah. sure true. Let's talk about the U.S. Oh my gosh. Let's talk about the U.S. Hmm. So uh, yeah, definitely cheaper, <laughs> like what you said. So it is so l- expensive. Yeah, and and Anne, actually, you you shared a chart with us that actually talks about the different tuition of the American um, pharmacy schools. And so right now, though, what I'm seeing, like the average, is about like twenty to forty k per year. Can you um, imagine? For, yeah, That's and, and and these these are the most expensive states are California. There's this Chapman University, so um, I think about Chapman ice cream when I hear Chapman. But mm. anyways, yeah, in California, that one's like the most expensive. Like this one is like almost eighty two k a year. Eighty two k a year. And that's U.S. dollars. Oh my god. <laughs> I you know. like, have to work like 10 years yeah. to pay off to pay the that off can you That's imagine right. oh my gosh i don't Honestly. know what's worth it is it really worth it to go to i mean a degree is a degree right i think so just to pay that much yeah you That's gotta crazy. look at your options at that point in time go to florida everyone florida has this um this uh university a and um i'm gonna just see if i can pull that up here um that must be the cheapest tuition? What it stands for. This is the cheapest tuition. Anyways, oh, it's refreshing now. It's gone. But yeah, that one is about, you know, 5.5K a year. Like that's... Oh, that's not bad. We're we're going from 82K to 5.5K. Yeah. That's a huge gap. Did we mention him for for Canada what the cheapest uh, um, tuition cost is right now? I think the memorial, it was about 
right. maybe about four oh, right. or five Memorial, k-ish. Right. So that's yeah. pretty comparable. Yeah, those are like not that com like, and this is in English. That's the only English one because then we're jumping to like U of A, from yeah. like four about four thousand dollars for an English speaking pharmacy school in Canada to about twelve k now, right? Or so like what you're telling k. me. Is that we should try to learn French and then get accepted to the French universities? Hey, it so, pays to uh, know multi more languages. Going back to Valerie's A and M, I guess that stands for Florida has a university um, that call that's called A and M, and that's actually agricultural and mechanical university. Interesting. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean they got nice weather there, right? They do, but it's very very hot. Is that why they're happier? So they charge less. <laughs> I don't think so because California has nice weather and they charge 82k. Oh, so. you're right. <laughs> you're right, and their population density is probably about the same. Just mm. suffer for four years, okay, and then just pick the cheapest university, suffer for four years, get your pharmacy degree, and then you can go elsewhere. And life I think will I would be... go with that, and life will be great. Life will be great. <laughs> She, right? You heard it here. Life will be great. Anne's tips Anne for a successful and happy life. Yes. <laughs> suck yes. it up and suck it up for four years. Right. A, a pharmacy degree is a pharmacy degree. That's true. I don't think I would ever pay like 80000 a year just to get a pharmacy degree. I would just probably switch career. Switch careers, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, I mean, on the bright side, you can try and apply. There's a lot of like scholarship and grants possible. There are. So I didn't get much. Look no, into that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there, you there are. Swept yeah. the competition. Ah, uh, ha ha ha! Yeah, right. No, but definitely mm. look into like you know. I remember there were so many scholarships available that's advertised, but um, you know, not a lot of people apply. So I didn't know about them. Whoever applies gonna get it. So just make sure. Really? You, yeah. Well, whoever applies gets a chance to get it. I think that's what Anne get a chance says. to get it. Yeah, but yeah. they don't if they don't have many people apply and they're giving out five scholarship. And even though you don't think you qualify, you know, the least they can say is no. So yeah. just put yeah. your you know just put your name in the bucket and yeah. you never know. And it did, I think addition to. Uh, studying hard uh, sometimes some scholarships actually look at like your community service and whatnot so and your extra right. and your financial activities. needs too so mm-hmm. yeah it's always good to um kind of keep uh keep active and uh just kind of join like any extracurricular activities like you know join some clubs that you're interested in or uh mm-hmm. you know like some sports intramurals there's there's a lot that you can get involved in in pharmacy school so right yeah I you back in the day Back in the day, I'm just throw <laughs> that around there. I I used to use this pro, this website called I think infoscholarships.ca. I'm not sure if you guys heard of that, but that kind of culminates a lot of different um, local and national level scholarships that you can look into. Cool. And so yeah, Good they'll tip. tell you what's required and like which one needs letters of reference and all of that stuff. So yeah, that's uh, if you don't want to get a if you don't want to or cannot get a part-time job to help you know say to fund your tuition then then that could be another option right is yeah looking at the grants and scholarships but what other ways can you guys actually save money on textbook don't buy them don't (laughs) buy textbooks you Ever. know, that's hilarious because I'm actually looking up right now and I can see so many pharmacy textbooks that I bought. So that is actually a very I useful some. tip because uh, no, honestly, I did too, but 
after I don't think you need them. Well, after school ended, I have not touched a single one. The last time yeah. I used a textbook was when I was trying to flatten a painting that I bought a friend, and then I, I used it to it works quite flatten well. it. Yeah. Yes, it did work quite did well. Did you was, use the Puro? No, I used the Anatomy. Oh, <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. I have not uh, touched this textbook since uh, my pre-pharmacy days. So. So Depiro uh, is a pharmacotherapy textbook that is like 10 pounds for you. If for you want to go to sleep, you should read that. <laughs> uh, I mean, but seriously, like n- nowadays you can find if you want to save some money, I think you can definitely skip out on some of the textbook you can find in the library. Most of the books are also available online or maybe just borrow some from a friend. That's true. Or you so can buy them. That's like one really... way to cut down on costs. Yeah. Sure. Or you can buy them really cheap, like uh, from someone used. who's uh, used yeah. in the store. That's true. And But honestly, I don't like there are maybe some courses where you do need a textbook. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like for the most part, uh, well, at the U of A anyways, a lot of it just comes from lecture notes that your pr- professor provides. So I think that's a really good tip. You don't really need textbooks for a lot of uh, pharmacy classes anyways. A few, yeah, a few you might need, yes, like patient self-care and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, you don't have to buy everything on the list that they give you. Definitely No, not. that is a waste of money because you're never going to sell them. And that's a mistake that a lot of first-year students make because they're so excited and then they see all mm-hmm. these like beautiful books that are like wrapped prettily yeah. in their shrink wrap. And then oh, they, they buy smell good. Yeah. They and look it's so good. Exciting. They have crispy. Yeah. Right? And you look official and all of that. carrying yeah. around a textbook. But no, you don't need a lot of them. So do your research. Ask like uh, people in previous years which ones you really need. Yeah. And one of our tips is that, you know, once you get into the pharmacy program, they want to stay determine, in. Right? Yeah, you want to stay in. They probably <laughs> determine that you're smart enough to gonna make it. So do not cheat. Okay. Do not cheat once you get in. Mm, good tip. So I remember back in pharmacy school. Uh, see, I'm telling you, back in my day, I'm <laughs> just, um, a, just a, a dinosaur, dinosaur egg here yeah. or a hatch dinosaur. Yeah, there was one uh, professor that every single lecture, before every single lecture, he would bring it up. Guys, don't cheat. It's not worth it. You're gonna get kicked out automatically. You work so hard to get here. Just don't do it. Just don't even think about it. Every single lecture, he would say that. Once you cheat, like you're, you're done. done. Like you done. Like yeah. they're gonna kick you out. It's and an unprofessional you, behavior. You, you ban. You ban. Exactly. So you can't even get into any other professional program. So, like, it's not even worth it. Like, don't get stressed out. Be a minimalist, which means just get the minimal amount to pass. That's true. That's because my motto, um, actually, yeah, remember, just, there's no C's, need to stress out. C's get degrees. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. It's, I love those yeah, rhymes. I mean, don't stress yourself out. You do have, what is it, like six years to complete your degree. So if you fail, they, you know, they give you more chances. You can repeat the course. That's true. And I think for the most part, because they want you to succeed, uh, the faculty is actually very supportive. So if you need, like, mm-hmm. you know, resources or if you're wanting to, you know, like, I guess, uh, no strategies for success, you can always turn to them as well. And um, yeah, I guess uh, the thing is with the with the cheating, like once you once you get kicked out, like you said, like you you probably can't get into any other professional program, so it's not really worth it. So I, I remember uh, mm-hmm. hearing a joke like, "What is the difference?" I think that is actually about doctors, but I'll adapt it to uh, pharmacists. Like, what is the difference between a pharmacy student who got all A's and a pharmacy student who got all C's? They're both pharmacists. 
Exactly. <laughs> right? So, you know, there's no stress. It's like nobody knows what you uh, what what was your mark was back in the day. So, exactly. So, so don't oh, okay. don't do it. Just yeah. don't do it. But just for the listeners, although we say this, you would not have a pharmacist standing in front of you if they weren't qualified to be a pharmacist. We had to go through a big licensing exam. So don't be discouraged or feel like, oh, what the heck? I don't want to talk to a C minus uh, pharmacist. <laughs> you know, it's that doctors they, and dentists are the same. It's all right? the same. No, because yeah. they, there's still one big final qualifying exam that you have to take to make sure you're actually up to snuff. So to make sure uh, you're don't, don't sweat it. That's right. That's right. So exactly. the, the public is still, you, you are safe in our hands still. If, we're, <laughs> if we have a license, it means that we actually have the skills and knowledge to, to practice. That's true. And, no, for uh, sure. Like, like you have to pass the course still. Yes. But, you know, you don't need to get AIDS. So. And we have to maintain our knowledge every year as for our regulating bodies. So don't, don't worry. We have to prove that we're still competent. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like Valerie say, I guess following graduations, right? And before you can officially work as a pharmacist, definitely we all have to write what they call the PBC. So what it stands for is the Pharmacy Examining Board of Canada. And it has like two parts of the exam. There's the written part. And then there's the OSCE sections where you have to like pass multiple, um, you know, stations. Um, right. Now, with different scenarios. And all with different that. scenarios and blah, blah, blah of how life would be like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, the nitty gritty. But it's like. It takes like a like what like a month to come out the results after you graduate. Yep, that's I know right. A lot of people they just fly out of the country, fly out of the city as soon as that exam is done. Oh, uh, would you guys smart. be able to actually enjoy a holiday after this though? Like I did while take you're a actually holiday. waiting, I took oh, a, did you? a very short holiday. I went with a friend to Toronto uh, for mm. less than a week, so like five days. But no, it was really hard to concentrate because I just because I actually thought the PEBC was one of the hardest exams I've ever written, and I was like, mm. for sure, uh, I feel that, especially the written <laughs> part. So I remember coming home after the first day, and I was telling my mom, I was like, okay, I'm gonna look up to see when the next time I can retake the PEBC. So <laughs> she's like, what? No, don't be silly. Oh, man, your mom must like, have been so worried. <laughs> she was like, no, you're being stupid. You'll pass. And I was like, no, it was really hard. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I still enjoyed my holiday, but uh, it, I was a little it's on It's all the edge. same, right? I know. Yeah. It, it's probably better to take a holiday after you find out you passed. So, But you can. It took like, you have to go straight into like internship program. That's true. A lot of people actually use that one month in between to do their internship hours because uh, you need oh. 100 hours, right? So it takes about three weeks. So a lot of people use that time to do their internship hours. Because then afterwards, when you find out that you hopefully pass, then you can just move on to being a full-fledged pharmacist right away and start making that money. Bling, bling, bling. Woohoo! <laughs> That's right. So I guess the bottom line for today, though, is if you really are passionate about being a pharmacist, then go for it. But, you know, if you're still unsure about pursuing healthcare or some other uh, discipline within healthcare, Take more time to explore so your options. There's a lot of different government websites out there that explain what the different professions are, what their responsibilities are, um, ha- some information about like entrance requirements or how long the program is, information about the wage, how long the program is. 
So if you are thinking about pharmacy um, as a pharmacist, then you could also maybe just consider contacting a pharmacist and asking if you can shadow them just to see if you like what they do and if you um, feel like this is something that you actually want to commit to for um, the better part of your life. That's so true. That's a great tip. And we mentioned it countless times before, but our next episode is going to be about being a pharmacist. Is it for you? So if you have a topic that you want us to talk about um, for other episodes, make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know because we read every single one of them. Yep, she does. <laughs> every single one. I said we! <laughs> uh, okay, bye everybody. Bye for bye, now. Bye everyone. We know there are a lot of podcasts to choose from, and we want to thank you for listening. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please share it with your family and friends, and follow us on Instagram at It Is Better To Know. Like always, we appreciate the likes and comments. Curious Music is performed by Bonsai Mammo, written by Andrew Southwell and Jimmy Harry. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and should not be taken as medical advice. As every individual is unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. You got me curious.